If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. So stick around, baby, and everything will be okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome yet again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, For those of you that don't know, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noldenine, come together once a week over a single topic, and uh, from said topic, we come up with a bajillion ideas. And then we whittle those down to about four, two each. We give them to you for free over the airwaves. And it's all about getting rich from that topic. We don't ask for any money up front. We're not like any of these other guys who are claimed to be money people that sit there and tell you, hey, we've got a one-size-fits-all system here. And if it don't fit you, you're too fat and you've got to lose weight. You're the one who has to change, not the system. Well, you know what? That's not what we believe. We believe that if this system doesn't fit you, you're not too fat. We'll just find you a system that fits. That's why there's so many ideas out there now after over 250 episodes. You can go through you can go through the entire wardrobe of our episodes that are our episodes and try them on one at a time and see what fits you best and you will walk out of the store I guarantee it at this point there's no way you can't walk out of the store with an outfit a money making outfit that makes you feel and look like a million bucks literally then you take that idea You wear it around town, you get obscenely rich incredibly quickly, and then we suggest that maybe you look back upon us fondly and send a little something our way. And how much is it that we suggest, Noel? After you're rich, after you're sitting in your chair of gold, you say, hey, I didn't get here on my own. There were these fellas in my past back when I was fat and poor, who didn't say, hey, fatty, lose some weight. They said, hey, fatty, here's directions on how to build a bigger chair out of gold. And I did, and I'm rich, and I owe them 10% of everything I made while I got rich. I need to tithe them. That's the deal. It's simple as that. And I will say that, Daniel Alley, since you took our tithing idea and are using it for yourself, we expect 10% of every tithing, tithed dollar that you get. Yeah, that's a good trickle-down tithe, pyramid tithe. Tithe. We're the multi-level marketing of tithe. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, Yeah, that's what it is, guys. That's how it goes down. Uh, It's been a whole week of... uh, Many days that run into one, oh, yeah, all seem the same. Mm-hmm. 
We're recording on a Friday, but it could be a Tuesday for all I know. No one knows. And all I care. Um, have you been, Noel? I've been all right. Uh, I got a few things to mention here. Uh-oh. First thing, favorite person in New York lately. Me. I don't know if you've seen this person. You're kind of in, in the hoodish of me. Um, there's a guy, rides around on his bike with a speaker, big speaker, on the back of the bike. Mm-hmm. And a wireless microphone, singing karaoke, just giving it. He was, Don't know this guy. He's the best. He's a performer who basically just wants to sing karaoke, socially distancing, no hat, no trying to raise money. He just wants to perform and is socially distant, riding his bike down the street, singing. We saw him tonight, uh, air tonight. We've seen him a few other times, singing different things. My new favorite person. Um, I've never seen him. Maybe he sticks closer to the uh, Central and West and East Village. We've seen him. Uh, I, well, I think he sticks close to Washington Square Park. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing from where we've seen him, probably maybe does uh, down between Union Square and Washington Square. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was he singing in the air tonight? Tonight he was singing in the, in the air tonight. And he biked past. And then like a few minutes later, he had obviously just gone around the block because mm-hmm. he comes back for like another part of the song later on, the same song. Gone. <clears throat> Great. There was a guy who... Uh, when I worked in Williamsburg, every Sunday he would get in his Subaru Forester and drive around the neighborhood mm-hmm. playing CBS FM oldie station, uh-huh. all 50s doo-wop, and singing at the top of his lungs as he drove around. <laughs> and he would just make the same circle over and over again. It would take him like half an hour, but you'd hear him screaming like, lightning strikes a Again and again and again and uh, and you drive off and then you know thirty minutes later you suddenly hear him going, when the sun beats down upon the tar up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same same ilk, uh, cut from the same cloth. These folks. Um. Point two. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, um, so Tom Tenney has to go back. He, he teaches college, Tom, uh-huh. uh, one of the founders of radio free Brooklyn. Um, and it's going to be mixed, um, remote and some in person. What university does he teach at or he, college? A college. It's some, uh, community college in, uh, Jersey city. I don't know. Um, but he went and took a COVID test. And is asymptomatic positive. Oh, wow. Yep. And what's scary about it, he's been super careful from what I understand. Like he was listing off the times he might have touched his face. Uh, He's not been loosey-goosey, which is kind of concerning. (laughs) Doesn't matter, man. That's the point. Face masks aren't there to protect you. They're to protect other people. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I know everyone is in love with this outdoor dining right now, and I understand it's helping restaurants, 
But when you walk down an, an aisleway on the sidewalk. Oh, you're sandwiched. That's two and a half feet wide. Yeah. And there's, you know, 20 people on each side or 15 people on each side that are not wearing masks. Yeah. You're walking through a fucking COVID tunnel, know, a potential COVID tunnel. You know, I mean, I'm glad he's asymptomatic. Yeah, me too. For him, I hope he decides to give plasma. I told him he should maybe try to get a, a second test because maybe That's it's a false positive. There, there are false positives out there as well as, I mean, as many, I don't know if it's as often you get the false positive as you do a false negative, but there was a, a big thing, I think, with uh, some football player. No. Who recently. It was, I think it was the, was it the governor of Iowa or Ohio? I don't know. And he was supposed to meet Trump. And he took a test. That's not the one I'm thinking oh, about. Oh, okay. There was a football player who got a false positive, and I think he did something like, you know, he didn't socially distance from his family because there was, you know, he knew there was some question of whether there was a, it was a real positive or not. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like raked over the coals by, you know, Twitter and all those people mm -hmm. wanting to cancel him out. And then he got another test and it came back negative. Okay. And then he got another test, which came back negative. Okay. So, but you know, the false positive is a thing. Um, but you know, if I were asymptomatic, I'd want to be false. I'd want it to be positive. Yeah. So at I've got it. I'll isolate. I'll quarantine myself. Yeah. I, and, I think uh, you're, you're better off not getting it at all. Well, um, sure. Because there's all this talk now of, you know, we don't know what else it's doing. Maybe it's ruining your kidneys. Maybe it's, you know, doing all this sure. other stuff. Long range possibilities of yeah. what this disease does to you. We yeah. still don't know. But if you're going to have it, that's the way to have it. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, building updates. Did I go into everything that was going on with my apartment last week? I don't think you did on the show. Oh, I, I certainly did beforehand to you. I was bitching and bitching. Um, my... I got a knock on my door, and my air conditioner had been leaking into our downstairs neighbors. Uh, and I was told weeks ago, yeah, that I was going to have to fix it, and I was going to have to, uh, you know, pay for it. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't really that happy. And then the building, it was I had to go through them to get stuff done. Uh, they weren't being that responsive. And then there was also all this other damage to the windowsill out there. And I'm like, that's not me. That's the building. Uh, it has nothing to do with this air conditioner. Um, and they were just basically ignoring that fact. Um, somehow, there's been a massive change of heart. Um, they're going to take care of everything other than we're getting the air conditioner fixed. They're taking care of downstairs. They're fixing the window. They're doing everything. And, and did your neighbor have anything to do with that? Well, no. So my neighbor uh, is the head of the Tenants Association. And I met with her just to ask her, like, is there anything else I can try to do to get these people to freaking listen to me? Um, and I asked her afterwards, like, did you say anything? Because there's a very different tune being played all of a sudden. She's like, no, I didn't. That's great to know, though. Um, but in the meantime, I promised to, uh, join the board. <laughs> so I'm going to be on the tenants board. 
Good for you. So that I can uh, make sure that if my other Windows people have to pay for your mistakes. No, 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 no. None of this was was me. And, and you know what? So we bought our place from the last of the sponsor apartments in the building, right? So we essentially bought our apartment from the building. So even if they were to say, oh, it doesn't matter if it's the old tenant, you're responsible. They're essentially the old tenant. The building is the old tenant. So they can't really get out of it. Um, and they and, and, and they came around. They didn't try. They just had a hard time getting started. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's got to make you feel good. It does. It was a huge relief. It was a huge relief. I was getting really frustrated. Um uh yeah. And How are you going to go about fixing your air conditioner? We went so uh my partner Nan is uh, an architect and works with a lot of different contractors. So she called up when they when the building was going to come and look at the window. We wanted that air conditioner out before they did. Mm-hmm. So these guys showed up at 7:30 in the morning, 7 in the morning something like that. Took the took the air conditioner out of the window, took it and then later the other building people came. And it's actually really good they did because under where the air conditioner was is where the worst damage to the window was. And they looked at it and they were like, oh, yeah, this isn't just a little thing. Um, and you don't think that the air conditioner had anything to do with no, that? No, 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 because it's the molding all the way up around the window to the top of the window. Basically, it's like it, it was like aluminum had been cocked over it at the beginning of time, it looks like. Yeah. And this caulking had basically rotted away. And so water had come in everywhere, which is, I think, why they said downstairs were taken care of, too. Because water had come in everywhere through that. Um, and, the, and the wood's all rotted. So it sounds like they have to take our windows right out, reframe wood, and then stick the windows back in. So are you getting a new air conditioner? Is that the plan? No, this guy fixed it up and oh. uh, and said it's it's good as new. It's great, and it worked great before. And okay. and uh, apparently, it looks like what happened is this wood around the around the window uh, was letting all the water in, and so the it rotted the wood, and so it shifted the air conditioner, which is why the air conditioner leaked because yeah, the support was crumbling underneath it uh so it's not like there's something wrong where this air conditioner is going to keep leaking they cleaned it It, the air conditioner is giant and cools everything down super well and now it's super clean and even better well that's great yeah uh yeah and uh yeah and that's that's really it and then other than that i had some nigel time this week how is the young young master (sighs) nigel he's great man he's awesome how you liking being a dad? Uh, yeah, so far so good. He's great. You know, the it, n- none of it is hard. It's it's a little relentless, right? There's never a let up, right? Um, I guess when he gets a little older, it you don't have to like. It's not as intense of always needing something. No, but then he does shit like sets dumpster fires. Well, that's true, but at least you get to you know relax in between. <laughs> Uh, but you know, you, you, you really don't mind it. Uh, and, and, and actually Nan takes the brunt of that a little more than I do anyway, because I'm working and she's not right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you know, he makes it a pleasure and so you really don't mind. 
Yeah, that's just your paternal instinct taking over, man. Uh, I guess. I guess you really don't. If you it, really don't mind that much. Pardon? With someone else's child, you you would mind. Oh, sure. Yeah, I get that. Your dad, you may not. If you saw someone else's child in the need, you would just be like, "I got to change that kid's diaper." Maybe I can tell he's got a load. Maybe I'm diaper man now. You are diaper man. You're poopy McDiaper man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that paternal instinct. Now you have it. It's official. When he came out, it came out of you. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. It's fitting that you have a paternal instinct. You know why that is, Noel? Why? Because today's topic is... Today's topic is instinct. How to automatically know how to do things and do them to the top. Yeah, good one. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a show, I can tell you. Uh, Yeah, Noel, instinct. Instinct. How are you going to get us rich from it? Okay. Uh, so I'm sure everyone knows, uh, what instinct is. Instinct is behavior, uh, that doesn't need to be learned. Um, it's, you just automatically know it. Uh, the geese flying south for winter instinct, right? Uh, tsunami coming. All the animals run for the high ground instinct, right? These are the behaviors. We know them. We love them. Um, so I had read a story the other day, uh, and 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 looking up the story, uh, it it looks like it's a story that's been around for like ten years that just keeps getting republished. Mm-hmm. But I first saw it the other day, um, and uh, there was a study, and it's being used around different places now where uh, they took cattle in Africa, livestock, cows, uh, and they painted eyes on their butts. Oh, yeah, I saw this the other day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look up the story, man, and you're going to see the same story being re reprinted since 2006. Really? Yeah. I was, I was like, I felt a little ripped off when I... Googled this one because uh, I was like, ah, that story, I got to find it. Um, so they're painting these eyes on the cow's butts. And um, apparently beforehand, they had been losing a lot of their cattle to lions. Very topical. Uh, There's a big increase in lion interest since our show. Um, and uh, it's because basically the lions can't tell which side, you know, they want to sneak up behind the animal and they get all confused. Uh, and it, it's not just a little bit, it lowers the numbers. It's a lot, right? So I thought, okay, this is a good place to start. This looks like something related to instinct that I can harness, right? Um, and I was thinking, what could you do with it? Uh, well, of course you could take like CRISPR and um, take genes from lizards that uh, blend into their surroundings and things like that, change colors, or octopus Mm -hmm. that uh, change colors when they're scared and make these eyes appear when the cow feels fear. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, you could do that. That seems like a lot of hassle to go for, not a huge payoff, though. You know, although cattle ranchers would want it. Yeah, for right. sure. Right, but it is a, a lot of a long way to go without a big payoff when really you could just paint the eyes on the butt. And I wasn't really 100% sure, too, that that would be, that that would fall into the purview of instinct, right? Because it there's a little, a little bit of a gray zone between instinct and reflex, right? A reflex is, there's a lot of reflexive actions that, some articles you read about instinct, and it's all about stuff, and in my mind, I'm like, none of these are instincts, these are all reflex. Uh, And your years of studying both of those things make you an expert. Make me an expert. You make that distinction. Well, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. One's a behavior and one's just a, like, it's not instinct to remove your hand from over a flame. It's a reflex. Sure, but one behaves instinctually at times. I mean, it's a learned, uh, I think the difference is is a reflex, I think literally a reflex is something that happens that's a nervous system trait. Yeah. Right, so like you goes say, right when, from the, the base you, of the spine, like base of the brain. Right, when you when you when you remove your hand from something hot, that's a reflex. An yeah. instinct is something learned somehow that becomes second nature to you. It, it's not always not learned, actually. With animals, but with humans. Yes, yes. Uh, there are though instincts that aren't learned, mm-hmm. uh, and and really having a kid, you see them a lot, uh, particularly with the mothers. Through pregnancy and uh, early childhood, there's a lot of instinct that kicks in. And, you know, when, when uh, you go to the doctor and they try to say different things, they always say, just trust your instinct. Right. You're but then the question is. You know more about what you're supposed to be doing than you realize. By the time a woman is having a child, say, you know, reasonably aged in her 30s. She's been around children. She's had friends who have had children. If she likes children, she wanted to have children. She's learned something about children. So these, you know, there's somewhere throughout the process, there's been a learning curve that they've picked up on. I have no doubt that if you put a mother, a new mother who'd never, ever been around a child before in her life or anyone she knows or you know, kept in a in a in a in a cave, mm-hmm. got her pregnant and had a baby. There would be a lot of problems there that instinct wouldn't solve. The, sure, there would be, there would be, but there's a lot of things that books don't solve that only instinct solve. Okay, right? There's a lot of conflicting reports on right, but I'm not talking hungry? about books. How I'm talking about eat. Uh, you know, a lot of things like that that they're like just. Trust your instinct. You'll you'll know this baby. And trust yourself. But anyway, I'm off topic. Well, that was on topic. Well, it was on topic, but off. Off scheme. idea. Uh, so so I, I I was concerned that uh, just getting these self appearing eyes on a cow's butt was a little too reflexive. 
Uh, but there is something that can kind of make a reflex into an instinct. And that's conditioning, right? And conditioning is a learned behavior. So uh, if you took this cow and had uh, genetically modified it so that eyeballs could appear on its butt when it's scared, and uh, let's just say every time it got near a tree, you scared it, uh, then you could, like a Pavlovian response, bring it near a tree and the eyes would appear without a lion. They would just appear on their own, right? So I thought, okay, we're on to something a little bit. So it came to me in a flash. What are you going to do? And it depends on where you live in the world. Uh, You're going to take maybe a horse or a donkey if you're in the Americas. If you're in India, you're going to take a cow. Different places that animals that are seen as majestic, maybe uh, connected to the spiritual world. And you're going to genetically modify them so that when they get scared, uh, depending on where you are, in the Americas it would be a cross would appear on it. In India, it would be some sort of Indian... Religious symbol. Wherever you are, whatever is appropriate, right? And and you're going to have it conditioned so that when you do something is when this happens, right? So the thing I thought was if you're going to do it in America on a horse or a donkey, it could be with you riding it. And when you put your hands up in the air, the the animal across will come up. And the way you can do this is uh, you you get on the horse or the donkey, you ride it, uh, and occasionally you put your hands up, and when you do, people jump out and beat that animal to within an inch of its life, right? <laughs> Scare it. Um, and you do this over and over and over again um, wow. until it becomes conditioned that you put your hands up like you're going to make a big proclamation and it just happens. Big giant cross appears on the horse, right? Ass, right? Uh Huh? Uh, Does it matter that it's on its ass? It it doesn't have to be, but that's the biggest area, you know? Or it could be the side. It could could be wherever you want it. Um, uh, So you're going to go. You're going to ride into a little town. Mm Mm-hmm. Wherever you want, little little town in Arkansas, say, or uh, anywhere. You're going to go in the town center. People are going to be looking at you. You're wearing robes. You're riding a, a donkey, whatever it is, into their town. They're, they're going to be like, what is going on with this freak? Got long hair, probably. You go in the town. You get a crowd. You put your hands up. Boom, a giant cross appears on this animal. People will will know that you are a messenger from God, right? And as I say, you're going to do the more regional appropriate, right? In India, you would do a a Hindu symbol uh, in the Middle East or in Indonesia or whatever. You could do 
some sort of Muslim symbol, like wh- wherever is most appropriate. Right, I get it. Uh, and then you're going to say some words, and in those words, product placement. Right? And it is our instinct as humans that we're going to see this happen and we're going to think that some sort of God is telling us whatever that sure the answer to long life is open pit barbecue sauce or, <laughs> or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, you're you're going to be no, getting... I think the answer to long life is open pit barbecue sauce. <laughs> it might sauce. be. But you know what I mean. Uh, it, you're going to take on corporate spy. Screw Instagram with the uh, with the product placements there. No, I mean if you're the Messiah, you are the ultimate influencer, right? Exactly, exactly. And you're going to make buku bucks, uh, huge money. Yeah, uh, no, un, un, untold amounts of money. All on humans' instinct, on on the animals' instinct learned instinct mm-hmm. to uh, put these religious symbols up whenever uh, you put your arms up, but also on the human's instinct to see something like that and be like, that's God. I'm listening. You know? Yeah. No, I like it. It's a good one. Um, so, you know, Noel, you had spoken about animals and their ability to uh, – Sense disasters, the the instinct they have of disasters on their way. Uh huh. You know, and and I was looking up stuff like that, and it's really kind of incredible. It is. Uh, you know, uh, we've talked about this one before. There was the Oscar, the Cat of Death, who uh, he's yes. been on the news several times, and he lives in a a nursing home in New England, and he they studied him because he was a f- the phenomenon was. He could predict patients that were about to die. He yeah. lived in the nursing home. He was terribly antisocial, but pretty much standardly, two hours before a resident was going to pass away, he would jump on their bed and curl up next to them. Oof. Exactly two hours before they were going to die. And he did this over 50 times. Mm-hmm. And that was three years ago. Who knows how many more times he's done it since then. I mean, it'd be interesting with COVID, the way it ravaged uh, nursing homes. If the nursing home he was in got got hit by COVID, how, you know, he's hopping from bed to bed to bed to bed, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Then there was a study of a population of breeding toads in Italy. And uh, sometime last April, the entire group of toads fled their home five days before 6.3 uh, uh, scale earthquake hit. Really? In an area 46 miles away from their breeding ground. Several days later, they came back en masse and took over, took back over their little area that they were in. Wow. Um, there's the uh, 2004 tsunami is a perfect example of that. Uh, one story that comes out quite often that I've read about a lot was there was uh, a tourist elephant named Ning Nong mm-hmm. in Phuket, Thailand, 
who was in the middle of giving a ride to an eight-year-old tourist from London, from England, um, suddenly just took off to the hills. The parents chased after it. The trainer chased after it. And uh, several hours later, the tsunami hit. And that elephant had essentially saved that little girl's life and everyone else who followed him up the hills. They would have all died. Okay. Uh, another story. Um, a scuba instructor. And they're not trying to blame the tsunami on the elephant, right? This isn't like, a, you no, know, not on 9-11, that, no Jews should up for work. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not like 9-11. It's not like 9-11. They're not saying, oh... The elephants. Elephants kn- knew the tsunami were coming. Knew the, knew the tsunami was coming. So we, you know, we should blame them and kill all the elephants. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. Okay, they might be missing I, an I opportunity. Bet, I bet if you looked it up, there would be somewhere there I'm would sure. be there would be some conspiracy theory about that. Um, <clears throat> there uh, during the same tsunami, a scuba instructor was alerted to danger by a pod of dolphins who were uh, jumping agitatedly in front of his boat. Uh-huh. And he, they kept pushing him toward shore, toward shore, toward shore. And so he went, and several hours later, the tsunami hit. <coughs> Don't you want to be on the water in a tsunami, though? Uh, no, dude, because, I mean, unless you're behind the tsunami, but if you get caught in the tsunami, you're just going to get thrown onto land. Well, it's not like a tidal wave. Like it's not like a like a breaking wave, isn't it? Just like a a swell, so the the water level rises. It's not I don't like know. a wave. I, I think it's, it's like more a, like a tidal wave. Oh, I thought it was more like just a, a a swell of sea level. No, because it hits with enormous force, and yes. it's got, and the force of it is incredibly destructive in and of itself. And then the pullback drags people with it and i think that only happens with a wave well okay i think if it were just a a a raise of of uh, of water level it would be like what happened in new york uh when we had the hurricane all right rain up and and shit got flooded but you didn't hear of people getting dragged into the ocean and buildings getting smashed by it no i'm pretty sure it's a tidal wave okay um but anyway, uh, and what this constantly tells me, and, and this came up with the Lions, um, and I think it came up, yeah, I think with the Lions, and I think it came up with the, the last one as well. Uh, what I'm learning is that humans, because of their instinct to fear wild animals, mm-hmm. uh, don't acknowledge the inherent value of wild animals. Yes. And what it is that they can actually do for us. Yeah. Um, There are over 550 uh, large animals that are currently on the endangered species list. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, similarly as when I was talking about rescue groups uh, like PETA and... uh, 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 I don't remember the other ones I was talking about. But when you look at wildlife groups like World Wildlife Fund, the uh, Wildlife Legal Academy, you have places taking in 
a quarter of a billion dollars every year mm-hmm. to help these endangered species. But if we understood the inherent values of these species and knew that they could save our lives, make our lives better, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't be endangered anymore. Maybe we would embrace they're coming back stronger. So this is what I'm going to suggest. You're going to wrangle up endangered species from around the world. Mm-hmm. and You are going to have them, basically, you're going to keep them in, they're going to be your earthquake monitors. Okay. They know before anybody, to, any, any early warning system of earthquakes, of tsunamis, you know, maybe you get a several hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe a day. Mm-hmm. These guys were looking at five days, yeah. six days. I mean, it's kind of crazy how much time they're giving you to evacuate and let out. So, for instance, you're going to have black rhinos in Africa on the plains. <laughs> and they're going to, you know, living in their natural habitat, but you're going to be keeping an eye on them yeah. because when they start freaking out, that must mean that there's a massive plains fire about to happen. Yep. Just have like a Fitbit on them. Yeah. Okay, that's excellent. Yeah, they can have a Fitbit on them. Whatever their tracking thing is, sure. Apple Watch. Can you imagine how big that Apple Watch would have to be? Big. To wrap around. I mean, that would be like a, a $50,000 Apple Watch. I think Fitbit is the right choice. I think you're right. Fitbit is the way to go. Yeah, you check their heart rate. Mm-hmm. You see how many more steps they're getting in on a given day. They're like, oh, they're putting in a lot of steps. There must be something going on. And they're warning you. Dolphins, lions, uh, uh, Malaysian tigers, um, you know, you name it. You wrap them in their Fitbit. You leave them where they are. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go anywhere. But no one can touch them because they serve a purpose as early warning system for natural disasters you're going to make a lot of money from these conservation groups you're really going to make a lot of money from governments who are dumping money into early warning systems trying to have them created and you're going to have them already made you're going to be like just fund me daddy fund me with everything you're going to make millions and millions of dollars on this so there you go there you go that's fantastic uh don't Get animals, though, to predict COVID, or else Trump will just have them all slaughtered. Right. <laughs> That's a good call. I wonder if they can smell COVID on someone. You know, like the, the, yeah. the dogs that can smell that can smell uh, cancer in urine? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they could smell COVID in spit. Maybe. I'd like to get one of those dogs right now. Uh, the, the, so and, uh, right around the corner from me is an NYU dorm. And we saw people going in the other day, and I was surprised. And I asked the little people outside that point people where to go. I'm like, you guys returning to dorms? And they're like, oh, yeah. NYU is going to have a blend of virtual and live uh, classes. And so the people that are checking into the dorms now are all from states that are on the quarantine list from New York. And once they go in the building, they can't leave for 15 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then today, after I finished work, 
we took Nigel out for a walk and we went to the park. And I was like, oh, it's really crowded. And I realized, oh, all these kids from these quarantine states were driven here by their parents who are probably hanging out for the weekend and aren't quarantining. They're just like, let's check out New York, right? Mm-hmm. So it's probably quarantine craziness outside. You mean COVID craziness? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're right in the heart of it. Yeah. Right in the heart of it. That's all right. They're going to be throwing such big parties in their dorm that COVID is never going to go away because they're just going to keep passing it around. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, or may, they might even be locked in a room, in their room. Like literally locked in their room? Because I saw something where apparently there was uh, a kid who was trying to get food because no food had been... To, they, they upped the meal plan to give them three meals a day. And this kid was like, I haven't eaten over 24 hours and and got some response that was like, you have to contact this part of the university. <laughs> like he was given red tape and he's saying, I haven't eaten over 24 hours. No one's delivering me food. I feel like there's got to be, if they're literally locked in their rooms, uh-huh. that just seems illegal. Hey. I mean, they can't be completely locked in their rooms. I've never been in a dorm, yeah. a college dorm, that the room has a bathroom in it. That's true. Maybe they're just drinking their own pee. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like hell. <laughs> Basically, college is hell, guys. Yeah. That's what we're getting from yeah. this. Hey, you guys, if you want to give Josh and I some money, you can. Uh, you can go on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page, hit the sponsor button. And half of any amount you pledge goes to Josh and I, half goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keeps us all running in these times more than ever. Uh, If you're like, screw Josh, screw Noel, I don't want to give them money, do it in the way that hurts us most, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And from that front page, from the main page, hit the sponsor button and pledge an amount. All that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn. None goes to us. You get to say a message to let us know how hurtful you are. Um, And... You also get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3 charitable organization. You get to feel good for supporting the arts and community radio. Uh, good for you. Uh, if you want to support in other ways, you can subscribe to the newsletter. You can uh, download the apps, iOS or Android. Uh, you can go to Amazon Smile. You're ordering things on Amazon. Put Radio Free Brooklyn as, a, as your Smile charity. And uh, nothing comes, not a penny comes out of your pocket extra. But Amazon will throw some tiny, tiny, tiny little amount in a pot to Radio Free Brooklyn. And enough people do it. It will add up. You guys, every week we have a topic. This week it is instinct. Uh, And my instinct is that's enough. That's good enough for everyone. And Josh is like, no, 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 no. Uh, It's not enough. So he finds another little way for you to get another little rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm going to tell you what the most successful kids in my program do. And you're going to be sick to your stomach. I'm going to tell you. Number one, they all work on their laptop on a treadmill. Treadmill, you understand me? For shame, okay? Four kilometers an hour seems to be the uh, the right pace, okay? Number two, 
They closed down their Facebook. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Close down their Facebook. Okay, okay. Number three, they get rid of their dipshit current colleagues. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Upgrade them. Upgrade them. Number three, they either disassociate 100% or nearly 100% with their parents. We've had people that I've met, young girls, that talk to their mother 15, 20 times a day on the phone or texting. That's a neurosis. That's sickness. Now, I'm not telling you to go back and slap your mother. I'm not telling you that even though some of your moms need to be slapped. Yeah, there you go, guys. Disassociate from all your your friends and especially your parents. Yeah. We, we tell you that at the end of every show of how you're going to get the money. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, makes sense to me. Hey, uh, we are talking about instinct. We're talking about how to get rich. We're talking about our second set of schemes right now. <laughs> What was that? Where did that come from? That came from our show, our topic. So, Noel, instinct. Instinct. Uh, You know, a lot of people, their real view into instinct comes from what's closest to them, their dogs, right? It's an animal we keep in our homes. It's our best friend, as they say. And uh, we get to see first-hand views of instinct in action. Dogs have all sorts of them, right? They take their toys and they pretend to bury them in blankets and hide things around the house. They, uh, you know, sniff each other's poop and pee and things like that to learn about all the other animals in the neighborhood. Uh, And I'm sure... You know about this, and actually, you've mentioned this on the show uh, with Herschel. Yeah, he eats shit. I understand. Uh, well, not just eating it, but uh, sometimes he'll just get right down and roll around in it. He likes a good stink to roll around in. He's never actually rolled around in shit, as far as I know, but he's rolled around in stuff that smells like shit. Okay, all right. Well, the, when they would run around in shit is... Uh, when it's an animal that uh, probably more more common in the woods or maybe if there's rabbits around because it's an animal that might be seen as their prey, right? And what they do is they roll around in the poo. Wolves do this too. Um, so that it will mask their scent and they'll be able to sneak right up that little rabbit and chomp, 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 chomp. So Herschel must like think that uh, his natural prey is apples. Yeah, maybe. We've taken him to this pick-your-own-apple orchard. He rolls around in that, you know... Rotted it, apples that fell? Yep, exactly. Oh. And uh, then I guess he just waits to pounce. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, how can you apply this? Uh, and the thing that came to my mind instantly is the whole... You know, like a uh, pickup artist, the game type thing, right? Um, where basically uh, maniacs make rules to trick women for incels to try and get laid. Uh, Negging. What? Negging. Negging. Uh, 
They've got a whole a whole set of things, though, not just nagging. Um, and uh, basically, they think they can follow a formula, and the sex will just fall into their lap. Um, and one of the things that also fall into that category is pheromones, right? And there's a lot of belief out there that if you get the right pheromone, uh, women will just be powerless against you. I had a roommate who was into pheromones for uh, a while. Like he was trying all different pheromones. Did it work? I don't know. You know, the thing was, I don't know why he was doing it. Cause he w- had a pretty good gift of gab and he had no problem meeting, meeting women and, you know, having relations with them. Okay. But he would try, try all the different pheromones. Maybe it was like Dumbo's feather for him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was. Right. Good. Uh, so, but anyway, so I figured uh, we can take women's poo, we can sell it to these incels as something for them to roll around in to help in their hunt, right? Uh, the other thing that dogs do is if there is, if they come across the poo of any animal that they feel they could be prey of, they eat it. <laughs> they hold it in their mouth and they eat it to learn about that animal. So it can get the smell of that animal into them so that it can know more about that animal. Huh. So we could also market this to uh, the incels out there to uh, sell them female poop for them to eat. <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you something, dude. They'll be gobbling it up. Uh, you don't have to worry if nothing works. They're just going to go on the internet and talk about how, you know, it's the women's fault it didn't work, you know. That's right. Well, you can also sell them like famous like models poo. Sure. Like, oh, I just fucking ate a pound of Kendall Jenner's shit. Yeah. You know, and so many of those models are taking diuretics and and laxatives, pooping up a storm. There's a lot of shit out there, yeah, to uh, 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 sell. Yeah, yeah, and really, we're really just selling them Nigel poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we got tons of it. Uh so yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take Wim's poo. We're gonna market it as a pickup te- technique for incels to roll around in and eat uh, to make the women powerless against them. <laughs> uh, at the point that they realize that it doesn't work is going to be the great moment. Uh, they won't admit it. That's the thing, you to, that photo that you'd have to take of their face when they realize that after eating, like, you know, rolling around and eating Kendall Jenner's t- shit, and then going up to Kendall Jenner and talking to her, uh-huh. all Kendall Jenner saying is, my God, your breath smells like shit. Why do you smell like shit? Yeah. And then walks away from them. I think it's a great idea, Noel. Yeah. Great idea. So, Noel. Yeah. We know there are good instincts, and we know that there are bad instincts, mm-hmm. don't we? And I was reading about instincts, and in terms of... uh. The bad instincts, the top four bad human instincts are denial, tribal loyalty, 
revenge, and greed. Yeah. And the belief is obviously that these instincts came around, and 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 they're they're w- the number one thing about them is they're inherent in everybody. Everyone, regardless of whether they've been raised by good people or bad people, all have these traits uh-huh. within them. And some people can fight them off. Some people hold on to them. Um, you know, they check them back to the Stone Age, where obviously tribal loyalty was important when you had a small group of people traveling together and trying to survive together greed was important Mm -hmm. to keep you alive in the cold and hard winters you didn't share your food with strangers uh denial was important uh it got you through because if you didn't have denial every time uh, uh, you went out of your cave or your living quarters, you would just freak out about getting killed by something random. Yeah. Um, and revenge was considered important because it kept your uh, uh, tribe uh, together. Sure. Um, so this is what you're going to do. How do you make money off of these four bad human instincts that all humans ha- have. Well, this is what you're going to do. First, you're going to have to get people to believe in you. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to buy an expensive suit. can be off the rack, though. Remember, we in uh, there was the guy in the uh, spend that money or get rich quick that had done that whole scam, the influencer guy, and he t- had pictures taken by private jets and by expensive uh-huh. cars and things like that. You're going to do that. You're going to hire a couple models to stand with you. You're going to private jets, expensive cars. You're going to get these photos out there to everyone. Then you're going to start telling people that despite all this wealth and influence that you have, that you're one of them. You're one of the little people. You're not one of the elites out there. Mm-hmm. And that even though there's no real evidence that you have any money or any actual business acumen, um, you're going to tell them you're a great businessman. Um, that they should trust you and you're going to get them to make, have them make more money and feel great about themselves. You're going to make them great again. Yeah. Uh, and then when anyone tries to tell them that you may, may not be who or what you say you are, you crush those people. You call them names. You indicate to your new group of people that they shouldn't let people talk about you like this, and they should stand up for you using threats, uh, physical violence, whatever is necessary. Then, once they've proven their loyalty to you, you can let them know that you and only you can make their lives better. Yeah. Almost as if you're, you're, you're their true leader, their true messiah. Then, once that happens, you run for president of the United States, you get elected, <laughs> and you drain the country of all the money that you possibly can. Okay. And there you go. That's how you get rich. Yeah. You have to find a different country, though. Summer and I got to this one. Well, he'll be gone soon, and, you know, in another four years after he's gone, after he's gone, people forget about it. That's true. And there'll be room for you to come up and do it again. Yeah. yeah you can do it in another country, in your country, wherever that is, if it's not the United States. Canada is ripe for it. Have you read lately about how QAnon is now becoming as big a movement as the Tea Party or thing was? Yeah, I mean... We're so freaking doomed. I've spoken to other people about QAnon. When I've talked about QAnon, they're like, what the fuck is that? And I tell them, they say, that's ridiculous. And I say, I know, but it's a big deal. Uh And it seems ridiculous, but it's a big deal. And people actually pay attention to this. And the fact that there are going to be like... 
what, 10 people running for Congress who are clearly QAnon followers, and there's a good chance that some of them are, like, there's going to be one woman who's definitely going to get be elected mm -hmm. because her county is so red state, mm -hmm. it's so red that there hasn't been a non-Republican uh, 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 congressperson from there in, in, in I think, like, f 40 elections or something mm -hmm. like that. It's bad, man. It's bad. The Bannons of the world, the Roger Stones of the world, the Manaforts of the world, they've gotten what they wanted. Yeah. Which is, I, we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. They're you know, making I'm a sure lot of money. I'm there's a way to scam people and, and get rich. Yeah. As, as our show proves. Yeah. Without ruining the world. <laughs> right? Yeah. You could ruin the world or you could make some freaking incels eat poop i say get the incels to eat poop that's what i say too uh you guys uh you got a lot of money in your pocket what are you gonna do with it josh gonna tell you right now miss josh take it away In France, the adage that fine wine is the only thing that gets better with age isn't entirely true. Unbeknownst to many, the vintage Côte de Boeuf also follows a similar pattern. It is without a doubt the most expensive steak in the world, served exclusively in the Bougerie Palmade restaurant. To begin with, the breed of cattle from whence the meat is harvested is the Blonde Aquitaine. In fact, Palmade claims that there have only been 103 vintage ribs produced from 1998 to 2009. Once harvested, these classic beef steaks are stored in a negative cold room, where Palmade employs some of the strictest preservation tactics in the world. During storage, cold air is blown at about 90 miles an hour in a 45-degree Fahrenheit environment. And prior to the harvesting and preservation, the cattle are reared in one of the most stress-free environments. So strict is Palmard with the beef that there are only two chefs outside his restaurant who have been allowed to cook the recipes. In his own words, Palmard assures his clients that all the love and attention we give our animals comes through on the plate when you taste and perhaps this is why he's so confident in commanding a staggering $3,200 per serving of the steak. Simply extraordinary. $3,200 for a steak. That's how you're going to spend that money we know you're going to make, guys. So you guys are definitely getting rich. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Back on again. 